Hi again, everyone. This is Tim and Anthony on RadioMVP.com as we get ready for our 31st episode of Radio MVP Sports Podcast. And of course, you can find us on the internet at RadioMVP.com. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash RadioMVP. And you can find myself on the social networks. Just take a look and find us. I'm at Tim Continenza on everything. He's ACAP17 on Instagram. Yep. And uh, basically, that's how you do contact us. And uh, obviously, if you get this download through iTunes, we highly ask you to uh, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Views we get, the faster we can grow Radio MVP. And you know what, Anthony? I didn't mention this earlier before we started, but might as well talk about it right now. Uh, we're doing well. We've uh, reached over 1,000 um, plays on SoundCloud since we began uh, last spring. And uh, we're just about 50 podcasts in on all variations of mm-hmm. Radio MVP. You and I have done 31 episodes of the uh, sports podcast. I've done about 13 uh, high school football specials on the uh, scoreboard show. And I also believe I did like four or five uh, one-on-one interviews. Mm-hmm. Plus, we did a few just uh, uh, football-only ones with uh, Matt Hench. So uh, Matt will be joining us again here shortly. He's uh, Last I talked to him, he was down in Florida. So <laughs> uh, I didn't even bother. Yeah. Yeah, Man, he, 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 he got away for the weekend. Yeah, he, he picked a good time to get out of here yes, for a while. Yes, he did. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Right <laughs> as the uh, snow and ice came a couple days ago, he said, you know what? Well, that's yeah, it for me. I think he's been down there for about the last last week to 10 days. So, Whew. yeah, he's doing that well. That must be nice. <laughs> yeah. A little jealous here, aren't we? Yeah, I am, too. I am, too. I am. I, I'm not going to lie. It's a good time to get away. Yeah. You know, but uh, my as we're going to get into it. My aunt sent me a picture at the uh, pool a couple days ago. She said it's a little chilly, 78 degrees right now. Oh, I said, man, that's chilly. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's hard chilly. You know, it is going to be 50 tomorrow, supposedly. That I've been hearing that all day nice today. Tomorrow. It is going to be so. nice tomorrow. Boy, the little thing we're going to open here, the, right? We're not going to open the pool or nothing, but no. we're, we may enjoy. Uh, they know, wore the shorts tomorrow. Having the winter, we're not having the winter coat on all day. Yeah. <laughs> In a stocking cap, you know? So, anyways, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Radio MVP, uh, you can find us on the internet at radiomvp.com. All our past episodes are available there and on SoundCloud and uh, through all your apps that you may uh, download us in. But what I really wanted to talk about on our podcast here is about just RadioMVP.com because it is a a great site that we put together here with some help from others. And you can listen to it right there on or you can download it right from the website. So there's a, a lot of opportunities to get. Well, as a matter of fact, you can even rate and review us right there on the website, meaning you can uh, leave a review of all our podcasts right there on Radio MVP. So I just we don't I don't necessarily promote it as much as I should. And I wanted to uh, get that out there for those who are listening and do us a favor. If you have a family member, a friend, uh, someone loves sports that doesn't know about Radio MVP, give us get them. A uh, download, give them an opportunity to hear us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can, like I said, uh, you can find me two ways on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us 
on Twitter at the Real Radio MVP doc uh, at the Real Radio MVP, and uh, myself as at Tim Continenza, C O N T I N E N Z A. All right, enough of the promotion stuff, uh, <laughs> Anthony. I just, you know, I, I love to try to, you know, help us out a little yeah. bit, but seems like I go on and on and on on that. And uh, anyways, uh, you can find us everywhere. Please do. As uh, we get into it, we'll talk about the Indians, the Browns, the Cavs, a little everything going on. But I want to start with the uh, with the football action going mm-hmm. on, and I, and I want to talk about the Senior Bowl. It's, it's probably the most overlooked all-star game of the year, but maybe the most important all-star game. I you really that. had a chance. And this year, this year, and I think, you know, as you and I both uh, root for teams that uh, are going to be picking the top five yep. looking for quarterbacks, uh, this year, actually, they have four quarterbacks that are going to be playing in that game that, uh, you know, you want to take a look in a pro offense and style. And uh, matter of fact, uh, is Denver one of the coaching staffs? Thing. Yes, uh, I believe they are. We are coaching the North squad, and I think Houston uh, has the other squad. We have the uh, quarterback-heavy roster. We got all the top prospects, uh, quarterback-wise, on our. You side. got the uh, the one with Allen and yep. uh, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it should be. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Mayfield does. I got different opinions on him. I he's a tantalizing. Option. I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, I'm not he's sure he's, he's a. I'm not sure he's a first-round draft pick, and and that's just from my own. I see from. I think he's a leader. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. My question is: Is he Johnny Manziel 2.0 with the head that's going to get him in trouble? And that's yep. my biggest concern about him. Allen, you know, obviously, you know, he, he played at uh, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, was down in South of Florida. But more than anything about him. Is what's interesting to me is, of course, Wyoming is coached by the former coach from uh, North Dakota, which, mm-hmm. of course, had Wentz. And it's the exact same yeah. offense. And you're looking at a big guy and, and a guy who can make the throws and uh, possibly maybe have the best upside of all the group. That I mean, obviously, Donald Darnold is a, is a huge you know name and, and also uh, Josh Rosen. So, I mean, there's a lot of – this is a quarterback-rich draft coming up. And, you know, Saturday afternoon for that that game down in Mobile, Alabama, I think, you know, just on the marquee of the quarterback position, we're going to see a lot. uh, You know, Barkley's playing and a few Mm -hmm. other the running backs are playing. Uh, Offensive linemen are in the game. They really did a great job recruiting some of these players to to come and be evaluated early and, uh, you know, be seen – at the uh, at the Senior Bowl this year, in the past, it seemed like it was uh, it was kind of a hit and miss. You never knew what type mm-hmm. of a group they were going to get. But mm-hmm. this year, I, you know, Phil Savage has just uh, done a terrific job, in my opinion, trying to get some marquee players to show up and be part of this, and you know, get a get a jump on the draft and get a jump on being evaluated and talked to the different coaching staffs that are all down there this week. Not just the two that are coaching on on the sidelines on Saturday, but and GMs and it's kind of it's kind of like uh, the combine light mm-hmm. with a football game. I was watching Team World practice uh, a couple days ago, and they had uh, Phil Savage on. I thought he's done a terrific job this year. And he may note this is the first year since 2007 that the current Heisman Trophy winner 
is playing in the game. And the last one was Troy Smith. Um, I, I give the kudos to Baker Mayfield. I, you know, he didn't have to play in this. He could have said, you know what, I already won the highs and I'm good. I know where I'm going to be. Uh, but give credit to Baker Mayfield going out, wanting to improve, uh, wanting to meet with all the different teams. Um, he's a tantalizing option. He, he is a terrific leader, like you said. Um, is he a little small? For quarterback-wise in the NFL, yes. But Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are special, and they're uh, short of stature. Uh, Josh Allen struggled his first practice. Now it's his first practice throwing a bunch of whole new plays, a lot of high throws, and that could just be the energy. You, you know, you're out there playing against the best of the best. Um, and uh, Savage also made note of in the mornings they have team meetings, the afternoons practice, and then after dinner and team meals, it's like open interviews where all 32 teams can talk to every player. And I really thought that it's a, a week-long job fair, basically. And it is no better way to start the draft process and the combine process with open interviews. And, and that's where you really learn a lot about uh, the guys and, and all that as a Broncos fan. And, you know, five, I think it's a little too hot to draft Baker Mayfield, but boy, he's tantalizing. I just think his attitude and his competitive firewood light really spark a very stagnant offense. Um, especially in that division. Uh, but then again, you got to worry about the off-field stuff. And is it as serious as Menzel? No, but it it's still a little risky. Um, and I think it could drive it could push some teams away. Um, it's no question about it. But there are some really good players. Uh, you mentioned Barkley is going to be there, and the kid from Georgia, their offensive tackle. Boy, he looked good right. this week. Yeah. He's look good. I tell you what, like you said, it is, uh, you know, like I said, they're getting a jump on everybody else in the draft board. Mm-hmm. Wait, you know, all week in practice, they're going to be evaluated, obviously, in the game, making the plays and running certain, uh, you know, offense that are pro style and, and what's going on. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for the kids, you know, for the players, I should say. And I really think it's, it's, it's more important as a football fan and maybe I'm biased here. And, and the reason is, of course, you know, <laughs> I have a team that is friendly, you know, drafting their Super Bowl every year, you know, on the <laughs> draft board. So, you know, that maybe that has, <laughs> has a reason for me to be more excited about it. But, you know, and when I look at it, if someone told me, all right, here's the scenario, these you're going to, you have to pick one or two games to watch this week and you have to watch it. You go to a bowl game or you go watch a senior bowl. I'm taking the senior bowl. I am too. Every time. I am And too. it's not just because I think it's more competitive. I just think I can learn more about, you know, young players and uh, have an idea about some of these guys. Some of them I've never seen play just on highlights or maybe a half or part of a game or, or just one game. So it's a chance just, you know, get, get an idea about what they can do. And I really, you know, to me, the senior bowl, uh, uh, you know, is is a big part of the evaluation process today that it wasn't. And, you know, with underclassmen, you know, coming into the NFL, they don't always get a chance to play in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, one of the uh, drawbacks, I think, for teams that look at some of the – I mean, they have, they're they going to be able to evaluate them with or without that game. But, you know, 
as a football fan, I love seeing these. I, when I was young, uh, these all-star games were all, you know, there was three or four of them and they would go all the month of, you know, February, you know, you would see them, you know, right after the Super Bowl, which would have been like last week or two. And then all of a sudden you would see nothing but these games on every weekend. And, you know, if it was the Japan bowl, if it was the East West game, and if it was the senior bowl, they had a, like three or four of these over the years. And obviously they've all, you know, gone away. Only the shrine game, you know, the East West shrine game, which mm-hmm. has now moved to the end of the season used to be like, I think Christmas weekend Yep, for many, many years. And, and now the senior bowl, those are the only two that really have survived that, that they, you know, and players today don't, don't have that uh, connection to it. Many years ago, you know, this was their first payday for a lot of these guys yep. uh, to play in this game, you know, and they would play in two or three of them just because yep. they pick up a few extra ch- along the way. And they would also get evaluated and, uh, you know, chance to add to their hardware, you know, with the, with MVPs and the most outstanding offensive lineman, defensive lineman type awards, you know, not that it matters, but it was always something like that, you know, that was seemed to be uh, important. At the time, maybe it was just because I was young and, and uh, influenced by just playing the game and watching it back there. But, you know, I mean, not all of the games were competitive there. I remember games being 55 to 8 and, you know, and stuff like that. But they have a value. And I and honestly, I'm really to the uh, senior bowl for that reason, because we get to see players, you know, put it in a pro offense and a pro style and, and see how they uh, they react. And and. Yeah, you celebrate what players did, but honest to God, uh, I just don't care no more. I went out, you know, it just does not move me. I, yeah, I understand why they play the game. Years ago, it used to be part of uh, a way for the union to make money. Now, nowadays, I don't believe the the proceeds of the all pro game goes to the union, so I just don't see the value. And many times, it went to uh, uh, kind of a uh, pension. Fun for the players. I don't, I'm not sure that's the case anymore in the NFL. Yeah, it's uh, it, like you were saying, um, where multiple kids would play um, in multiple games. It, you see a lot of good stories, too. I, I know this year they have a very deep cornerback class um, and three kids from Division One, AA through Division Three, uh, cornerbacks alone are playing in this game. And it, I, I like watching Senior Bowl. The lone fact you could you could see guys you haven't really maybe heard of all year or haven't really watched all year. And uh, there's a lot of one double A guys that have come out in the past and shined in this game and have looked really good and have got a like you say jump start on the whole draft process and uh, earning a roster spot. Another kid that really stood out to me this week I was watching. You mentioned kids played multiple games. Uh, Justin Watson played in the East-West Shrine game last weekend, and uh, he got an invite late last weekend to come play uh, this week in the Senior Bowl. And uh, he's in – he's really impressed a couple people. So um, you, it, it's a lot of fun to see guys that maybe you have never heard of uh, become household names all of a sudden. Uh, like I said, it's just – it's a great opportunity to get a and kind of a fan's uh, – certain players and maybe cement some of the thought processes that you had about mm-hmm. a certain player. And obviously, you know, their draft is where you find these kids. And, 
you know, you you may find a late guy, a guy who's in the third, fourth, fifth round in the senior bowl because of how they played and how they impressed somebody. And you're looking for a certain position, if it's a linebacker, or if it's an offensive tackle, or if it's whatever the case may be. Uh, and there's many times where a game like this in, increases their, their value. So, it, you know, it has an all-around need, and it meets it. You know, as we uh, look at the NFL, of course, we're headed towards the Super Bowl this weekend, but the following weekend, and mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the game. Every, you know, there's two thought processes you hear a lot. Oh, I don't want to see the Patriots win again, or I'm tired of the Patriots, and you know, Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time. Yeah, <laughs> or you hear, you know, the Eagles, you know, really kind of being uh, disrespected. Yes. Because, you know, obviously Wentz is down, and even though they won two home games in the playoffs and won them significant, you know, really. Uh, really looked good Sunday. Yeah, really looked good in both games, actually, mm-hmm. yes. you know, and the way they played. It. And I would just say, you know, in the end, I think we're going to see a better game than most people think. And, I think we're going to see a phenomenal game. You know, I know I think it's about a five-and-a-half, six-point spread if, you, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a betting person. You know, new in the favorite. Uh, I would take that. If I was, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to put some money down, I'd be. If I could get six points in, yep. in Philadelphia, I would take. I that. think I take it. Yeah, it's going to be traditionally the game. Super Bowl's close. Traditionally, the Super Bowl's been close the last 10, 15 years. I mean, it has not been the blowouts that it used to be. Oh, not you know, many years ago, we've seen the blowouts where mm-hmm. you know, trust me, I live through it. Blow out everybody. Uh, yeah, I exactly. You know. Painfully, we all have, and uh, you know, it's interesting discussion. Here's a here's an interesting discussion. Uh, I had this on Facebook with a friend of mine. Who, yeah, he likes to control uh, this mm-hmm. sporting picks at times, but obviously, debate of the greatest quarterback of all time and vote is uh, Tom Brady. Which I am not here to say he's incorrect. I'm just saying I think a lot of it has to do with recency bias. Because mm-hmm. he's playing today, and take nothing away from the uh, from the Patriots for what they achieved and how many Super Bowls they've been in. This was the eighth Super Bowl. Yeah, That's three, you know one, two, and one, three, every four. I think seventh. I seventh, I believe I heard. Uh, no, well, it's, it's this will be the eighth, yeah, right? The eighth. No, the ninth. No, this is the seventh. I think for them, maybe it's the eighth. I don't know. I, I would have to think about it. Brady has won what, five Super Bowls, correct? Yeah, so this will be their eighth appearance. Five and two. Brady. Five, yeah. yeah, this will be their eighth with Brady, ninth overall as a franchise. Correct. That's what it is. Or actually, tenth as a franchise. Tenth? Yes. Yeah, because they got blown out by the You're Bears. Forgetting about, yeah, the yes. Bears. Exactly, yeah. yes. Uh, but, you know, hey, you know – Credit was credit due. I mean, you're a dynasty for a reason because you're there. Yep. My question to you is, is it that New England has been that solid over the last, you know, 15, 20 years? Or is it the AFC just refu- uh, unable to compete? Is that our – I mean, you get down to it. There's only been two teams that, you know, been there besides the Patriots. What's that? The Steelers and the Broncos. Yeah, it's – um. And, he- and of course, the Steelers have won what two of the three that they've been in during that time period, and the yes, Broncos yeah, won they, one of three. 
Uh, the Broncos have won one of two. One of two, yeah. Yeah, we lost in the 05-06 AFC title game to Pittsburgh. It's – listen, New England's really good. And it's incredible when you sit back and look at the run. Um, are they that good? Some years, yes. There was one year, what, they went 18-1, 17-1, where they yeah. were just leaps and bounds better. Um, and I think I – I don't want to be a the old cliche of all watch matchups, but you, you really come down to it. In any playoff sense, it's matchups. You can look at across the, all the sports. All sporting it, events are matchups. All sporting matchups. events are matchups. And, and I think the Patriots just match up better than everybody against everybody in the AFC now. They don't have a really good division. That division is terrible. Um, you know, there's only been one team from the AFC South, the Colts. Now they stink, so Jacksonville's become – there's never been, like, two teams from the same division that can challenge them. Uh, Pittsburgh is an awful that's match. My, that's my point. You made my point. It's, what I was thinking is, us is and, they have to the, – the Patriots have dominated the so much over the last 15 years that no one's actually really challenged them during that time period. No, They've no. had a few bleeps of uh, someone maybe – on the verge of looking like they can challenge them we've in the division. Three but, years. Often. but at least yeah, in the central, I'm going to say at least in the central you had, you know, you had, or the North, I should say, mm-hmm. you had Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore really mm-hmm. battling it out most years and Cincinnati, you know, making a couple runs. I mean, all three of those teams have win the division and make the playoffs. It's just, you know, obviously Pittsburgh, has uh, been the most dominant by getting to the Super Bowl three times in that time period. But Baltimore got there and won their one Super Bowl yeah. against uh, the San Francisco 49ers a few years Thank back. The they should and, have never uh, won the divisional matchup. I'm still salty about that. <laughs> Man, hey, you can't change history. 70-yard touchdown pass in the last second. You know, and, it's, you know, like you mentioned, you know, obviously there's no one in the West in the mm-hmm. AFC has has really competed during this time period. And, you look at uh, the other only other team that has had success in the playoffs. Yeah, we've had other, the, the the Broncos, the Steelers, and the, and the Pats. You know, they're making it to the, the Super Ravens. Bowl, got them so. one year in Foxborough. Uh, that was the Ravens Super Bowl year. Um, was we 2012 We've got them three times. We beat them in the division round in 2000. Five and six, and we got them in the two AFC Championship games where we made the Super Bowl. Um, it's just been, you know, it. It you better get them in your place in the playoffs, or you're not going to win. There's something about the Foxborough mystique in the playoffs that, I mean, you, you just don't win. It's I'll say this. You can see I'll teams say this. they put themselves. The Patriots over the years have put themselves in best position to win ball games, and yep. they have made plays late in games yes, to win it. Have. Obviously, Seattle should have won, or could have won, I should say, uh, back-to-back championships. But you know, they threw the interception at the goal line, and mm-hmm. you know, and they came away with the victory. Uh, obviously, the Patriots, you know, had the two game-winning field goals, you know, by you know. That you know, mm-hmm. obviously, oh, you, know, you can't change so history. Many. It is what it was, and you know, and of course, you know, I don't want to take anything away from what, what you know what they have done and what they have achieved. But 
I don't consider. I look at Tom it's Brady. It's a very and I see a weak. Guy well, I see a I see a person who's dominated his generation, yep. and I think that's absolutely without question. He is the best quarterback of his generation, and I don't think there's any question about it. You can Would point he? to, you could point to the success of Manning and say Manning had the opportunity to put up great numbers and great uh, uh, Super Bowl wins. But, you know, obviously, when you look at Peyton Manning overall record in the Super Bowls, what was it, two and three? Yeah, he won one with us. He lost one with us, so he's one and one, and he was one and one with I the Colts. Two and, yeah, two and two overall, right? Yeah, yeah, he lost to the Seahawks and the yep. Saints and beat the Bears and the Panthers. Yeah. If I and- memory serves me correct. It sounds basically correct to me because I don't pay attention anymore. <laughs> but I know he blew uh, you know, a couple seventeen point leads against Brady, though. He had a couple years yeah, of well, big leads on Brady, and it just well, yeah, exactly. And then that, obviously he didn't blow it; the team yeah, blow it because that's the defense. He don't play defense, you know. But his interception set him up. My, my yeah. point, yeah, my point is, you know, in my opinion, you know, he is probably the greatest quarterback of his generation. You can make the case for Manning. And I no, don't have Brady a problem is. with that, um, you know, and other generations. And I think obviously Joe Montana was the greatest of his generation. I think uh, right in that same category is Steve Young. It gets I overlooked. Agree. And then you have, of course, you go back into the 70s, you know, you have the, you know, the Bradshaws and Bradshaw, the Stablers. And, and, yep. You know, you can go all the way back to Namath, you know, in a, in a you know, in the, uh, you know, late sixties and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, there were obviously different quarterbacks at different times who made their runs and the ones that obviously stand out are Bradshaw being four and oh, Montana being four and oh, and then Brady winning five out of uh, seven chances and has a chance down to get his sixth or, or not, you know, we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, Eli Manning, you know, if someone was trying to take it away from Eli Manning and what he achieved with his two Super Bowl wins, saying it wasn't were two miraculous catches and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they would have, you know, you're, we're looking at every championship. Well, it's in butts, you know? It's yeah. just not the way games are played. We yeah, can talk about, debate. you know, uh, you can talk about any play yes, in any can. game yep. saying if the ball was left or right or high or low or if it was, you know, if, if it had another foot higher or if it was another foot longer or if that kick went left or right or went straight, you know, that's that's what sports is about. You can you can bitch and cry yep. all you want, but the play was what the ended what it was. You know, uh, if he's called out, if he's called safe, if he's, you know, it's called a touchdown in out, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, that's what it was. About it. And that's being but a it, fan and I it get it. But it doesn't change the fact of what it was. Well, that brings up and a good point. Saying, you know, yeah. my whole point is Brady is five and two. He has the most mm-hmm. wins as a quarterback in the NFL and Super Bowls, and he has a chance to get his sixth, which would we would, would actually outdistance everybody. Yep. And legitimately, I would tip my hat and call him the best ever. But in my ever still Montana and what he achieved, and the game against the the Bengals and that drive to win that Super mm-hmm. Bowl to me, standing drive I've ever witnessed in a Super Bowl to win a game. Well, I tell you what, there was another drive uh, that went 98 and a half yards into a bunch of fans wearing dog masks and throwing bones. In the field. But I won't bring it up. That's I will not, not bring it up Bowl. anymore. 
No, that's not, not Super the Bowl. Super Bowl. That's no. not. I'm talking about Super no. Bowls. I'm, yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about championship games. That's the conference Brady championship. That's against, insignificant. Uh, that drive Brady had against the Rams uh, to lead them down for the game-winning field goal was impressive. Uh, but I agree with you. That drive. No, I didn't. I wasn't. Yeah, I know. To, you know my age. Watching uh, highlights of it, it was pretty dang impressive uh, what he did. Um, you know, what you're talking about, though, it's, it, you could sit back and go, well, if this play goes this way, well, if that play goes that way, or well, if Seattle runs the ball here, or, well, you know, it, I mean, we had a similar play 20 years ago that if if John Elway's helicopter dive is spun an inch this way, he's short of the first down, and we don't score, and maybe, you know, it's um, it, I just think to answer your question, is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? I mean, that's so tough because there have been really terrific quarterbacks that played in the 90s and the 80s and the 70s. And, I mean, New England really hasn't played a rigorous AFC playoff schedule. I mean, they played good well, teams. More than that, great let, me, teams. let me ask you this. Here's the way I look at it. And I, and this is, a, this is more get, uh, about the NFL. Other than when Seattle rose up a few years back, who proved that that time period that, that they really were, they were the best mm-hmm. team in football, uh, there hasn't been a real challenge in the NFL to the New England Patriots. Nope. There have no. been a couple of teams that have had big runs and, and have made it to the Super Bowl or won it, and they did not. But over the time period that we're talking about, yeah, it's, it's you know, the 15 years. There really has, other than a couple rises of certain teams, like like Denver had their rise, yeah. you know, when 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 Manning joined the Broncos, they became a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. They're two out of three years. Uh, in the West, or in the NFC, I should say, it was Seattle. It was the only team I think they faced in the last. Yes. So you can say going into each game, you thought Seattle yeah, had was the better yep. team. Yeah, I thought Seattle was the best team on the field both games, but they ended up making crucial mistakes. And there's the difference: is New England has not made crucial mistakes that have nope. hurt them. <laughs> no, they have. Maybe the only time they ever did, and it was against the Giants. Mm-hmm. And there was never earth-shattering difference, but it get. It kept the Giants in the ball game and gave the Giants opportunities to win. And I don't want to take anything away from what the Giants achieved both those seasons. I'm just saying that that may have been the hardest two games that they had. Yeah. And that's the same thing. The Giants only had that one little, you know, three to five year run where they were contenders in the NFL and they were inconsistent during that whole period. And same thing. I mean, you look at Seattle, Seattle had about a three year run where they were the maybe the best team in the NFL and haven't been able really to achieve since that interception at the level that they were those two years, but here's new England again uh, and making a world and finding a way. And this year they dominated the East. Then they, they found a way to win big games against the Steelers. They found a big way to win games in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They came back from behind against Jacksonville. You know, I, I just, I hate, you know, I, I'm going to tip my hat to what they have achieved. And, uh, you know, I do believe, and I've said it all year long, that the Eagles are the best team in football this year. And we'll find out if I'm wrong, right or wrong in a week. 
But uh, you know, Nick Foles is gonna be it's gonna be difficult, you know. However, I don't think this New England's defense is great. No. I think what they do better than any other team this year, though, is make adjustments. They have yes. made more second half adjustments and adjustments on the fly to keep their teams in the ball game for their offense can make the plays that they have uh than any other defense this year. A Ben don't break defense, meaning you can get it. You can hit them. You can get points against them. But once the second half comes down, they kind of they find a way to shut you down yep. or, or 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 take a leg away from you. Offense and opportunity. Jacksonville's a perfect example of that Jacksonville scored his first two touchdowns of the ball game. You know, got up fourteen seven and was looking strong. Goals in the second half, but that was it. They couldn't get into the end zone again, and it ended up losing. You know, and you just can't do that in the NFL. You have, you have to do if your foot's on someone's throat, you just you got to suffocate them. Yeah, they, you got to do it in the NFL. And most teams right now have not been able to throw that knockout punch against New England. I still think uh, this this Eagle team can do it. I think they can. This is the I don't want to call them the worst because they're a Super Bowl defense. They made it to the Super Bowl. But this is probably the um, one of their lower ranked defenses. Um, not one of their better Super Bowl team uh, defense they've had. I don't know how to say that correctly. Of all the Super Bowl teams they've had, this is probably the worst defense they've had going into the game. But like you said, though, they will let you move off, uh, uh, you know, between the twenties. But once you get in the red zones, they suffocate you. And they hold, and they hold you to field goals, and they go to halftime, and they, like you said, they make plays in the first half that give them a chance to win. Go to halftime, make defensive adjustments, and you're just not scoring on them. And you, but you, you better, you better execute a flawless game plan in the second half to have a chance to win. You're, you're not going to beat them. I will say this though, you have been on the Eagle bandwagon since late September and uh, I am slowly getting on it. If there's a team yeah, well, it's beat, only there's only one more week to jump <laughs> on it. <laughs> if there is a team that can beat New England, not, every team in the NFL is beatable. Um but you look at the recipe to beat New England and you gotta have a really good defense and the and the Eagles do right? and, and they're fast. Knock Brady off his spot control the ball. Uh, they can do that with a Jai and LeGarrette Blunt. Um, and have your quarterback make some throws uh, that win you the game. You don't need to have a quarterback to go out and throw for 300 yards. But if Foles can go out and make a couple plays to win the game, I think they got a good chance. And their receiving core is really good. And the Patriots secondary can be thrown on. We've seen it this year. For God's sake, Brock Osweiler threw on them. Yeah, I think Alshon Jeffries, huge what key in this ball game, and yeah, maybe the best signing of this year. I agree. You know, he he's their number one receiver. Obviously, the old talk about the Patriots is Belichick will take your best, and if they take him away, you Zach still have Ertz. Zach Ertz, yeah. maybe the and um, as as a legitimate, you know, threat and. You know they have a running attack that's that's, that's not bad. You know you got a, a, a Jai. You know you have the former Patriot and, and Blunt and Blunt. You know they have ammunition there. I mean they got a lot they can do. 
And this defense that they're going to be facing, meaning the, the Eagles defense, is as a team that I honestly do believe is underrated. Quarterbacks, you know, Ramsey and those, they can play. And, you know, obviously they have the leadership in, in, in uh, Long, you know, the former Patriot from last year, you know, who's over now in, in Philadelphia. I think they have a lot of pieces there. Yes, I think we're going to see a very good game. I'm not expecting a really a high-scoring game. I think, I think we're going to see a game similar to the New England Patriots and in, in the uh, Jacksonville game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be low 20s. 24-20, 24-21. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and that tells you they'll be 35-34 because <laughs> I'm always wrong. Uh, hey, in the playoffs, you've been right, though. You've been spot on about the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, look, obviously there's only X amount of teams that make the playoffs, and it's mm-hmm. easier to, you know, pick a, a favorite, you know, the number one overall seed in, in football uh, to make the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I but didn't go out on a limb. That wasn't too great. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true, and they were the number one seed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good for the Eagle fans out there or not. You know, I don't know. You, yeah, you are picking the Eagles. Uh, so if I were an Eagle however, fan, I'd be, oh, no. however, yeah, however, I was rooting for chaos. I wanted the yes, Bortles Bulls. Uh, uh, I got one of them in the you Super Bowl. Would have had so. a fourteen ten game. <laughs> I just want to. Say, you know, speaking of football, I don't know if you heard this today or not. Yes, I did. But Vince, Vince McMahon is bringing back the XFL. And uh, that was from 2001. He hate me. Yep. We'll make a return to the NFL, <laughs> the X, XFL. Uh, you know what? I, I respect his ability to, to try too. to do this again. However, uh, on the outline that he gave today, boy, it doesn't no, have a free. No, it does program. not. Players no, on a football team is is just impossible. Too many injuries. Too many things can happen. I know it's only a ten team league. No, forty players on a team just you can't make it in the, as a, as a professional league. Problem. No game is going to be under two hours. I don't care. In the yeah, end, running clock. You're playing. Yep. Yeah, it's that's the only way you can do it. Is the running clock. Mm-hmm. Need for that. All right, they're going to get rid of all the the flash that they had last time and try to be more about football, which is great. You're going to I just uh, but honest honest to god and saying that you're going to handcuff the players and not make them have ability to uh talk about whatever's on their mind and be social activists right and that. Please. I just I honestly they have every I, right to I do just, that. Yeah, well, I don't mean, you know, they do, but my point is I don't think you're going to find players who I mean, you'll find the Johnny the wants to play. Yeah, right. The marginal player, yes, <laughs> who's trying to make his comeback. You know, just like you found a, a Maddox years ago who ended up you know playing for the Steelers at quarterback. You know, that came out of that. He said Bronco. You know, um, so you know you're going to find a couple players. You know, it's just he I wants- think there's an opportunity. Let me finish this statement here. I think there's an opportunity to actually get a league in football mm-hmm. and challenge the NFL, but I I think you have to do it the proper way. I think if you had – I think you need a minimum of 12 teams mm-hmm. to start, not 10. And I honestly think you need a at least 50 players, if not 55 players on a roster. And, yes, that's going to take money. And you're going to have to – 
do what the USFL did years ago, invade the NFL and get some players out of there mm-hmm. and, and compete. Now, are you going to compete on, on a Sunday afternoon? Or are you going to watch a no. minor league uh, league versus the NFL? Probably not. But you may, and this is where you may get lucky, is if you did do it in a fall league, and I'm not sure if they're going to do fall or spring or summer league, you know, uh, for this XFL restart. But if you did during the fall, I would try to compete against the Thursday night games, you know, and mm-hmm. I would try to compete, you know, and put on like on Thursdays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. have all my games on Thursdays and Saturdays and not even try to compete on Sundays and, and go for it. I mean, that's to me, if you had two games on a Thursday night, you know, one at six and one at nine or whatever, you know, and you know, one kind of East coast early and West coast early and, and see what you can do. I mean, that's how I would well, that would be my recommendation to anybody who wanted to start a league. I just don't think it's going to work. I think we're going to see XFL uh, failure 2.0 come 2020. I just, I do. I'm not rooting for it. I just, you know, a matter of fact, I think the idea of another league could be fun and exciting. I mean, when I was, the USFL was around and I loved it. I used to watch it all the time and, you know, and, and actually cared. And I had teachers in schools back in the day who loved, you know, football, and we talked football in in the in that league just because it was football. So it has. I think there is an opportunity. I just honestly think it's such a small percent chance, and if it's not done properly, it's not going to work. And you know, my hats off for him to give it a try again. Uh, I think he's just you know, I think he's going to get body slammed again. I just honestly don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think it's failure 2.0 for the XFL and they haven't even played it down. And it's two years from now that they're going to do it. I just, how a 40 man roster and a 10 team league can work. And that's the biggest thing they are going to have to overcome. And you're not going to get marginal players who are going to become superstars. They just don't happen. You're going to have to invade the NFL and get some aging veterans to come over you're going to have to steal some people from the draft and you're going to have to actually market players. Uh, the marketability, I think, you know, probably Vince McMahon and, and the, in this audit can get it done. The question mark as I have is you're going to find enough players with 32 teams in the NFL. Now it's going to be difficult to find players without invading the NFL to find yep. those players. Well, rumor has it the NFL wants to send uh, the Cleveland Browns to the XFL as the first team in the league. Well, you know what? <laughs> I get the joke, but you know what? Maybe we can. Maybe the XFL will become the uh, uh, the soccer world where uh, teams get uh, sent down to. You know, they get yeah. deregulated yeah. down. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you always hear about that. You know, from uh, the Premier League. You know. We gotta we gotta win this week and we gotta we make sure we don't lose our you know our premier status <laughs> yeah. and uh be regulated to the next league down. So wait and see. You know, I don't think that'll ever happen in sports. And it works it works well for sports like that who have a worldwide mm-hmm. appeal. Uh not that I know much about uh, the world of soccer. I don't, and I don't pretend to, and I'm not gonna sit here and say the World Cup's coming and you need to watch it because <laughs> you don't. Um, I have nothing against it though. If you let you enjoy it and that's something you love, then go for it. I've gone to soccer games. I, I've enjoyed myself, but I don't necessarily think, 
it's ever going to grow larger than what it is here mm-hmm. in America just because it lacks action. Yep. It lacks action. Baseball, they say lacks action. Baseball has a thousand kind times action. more action. Yes. Yeah. You know, and at least, and I think baseball, matter of fact, is heading in the right direction. And I'm really curious to see if they're going to implement a pitch uh, clock this year. There's more and more talk that may I happen. Think they will. I don't mean, yeah. And I think it would be a wonderful thing for, uh, are they testing for, out in spring know, training? Is it a spring training rule? Uh, they, or they are testing it out? I think or they're actually, I think there's actually talk about it being part of uh, the season. They may. I read that. I may, didn't know if they were going to make a requirement for spring training, see how it goes to the test run. Uh, they may try it in, 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 in the uh, spring and then reevaluate it. I really don't know. Uh, it's a possibility. Look, the game does need sp- sped up. Yes, it does. There's, you know, it does. Uh, I'm a poker fan and I don't watch that much poker anymore on television or online because of what they call tanking mm-hmm. in poker, where a guy has a hand that pretty much you can make a decision on in less than 10 seconds of what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And they sit there for a minute or two, they may, you know, before they fold. And in the same thing here in baseball, I mean, we've seen pitchers hold the ball for 45 seconds before the next pitch. Yep. It's just, it's, I understand variation of pitching and I understand the variation time to hold runners and stuff like that. However, the game of baseball traditionally was uh, over in about two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. two hours, 45 minutes. And it needs to get closer to that number under three hours again. And the best way to do, and now look, there's more strategy in the game today than ever, and more pitching changes than ever. That slows the game down. Or, you know, lefty and righty situations yeah, for batters. I, I mean, the, this is well, no, I have no problem with the strategy of the game. But you know, the biggest problem is there's action, there's balls in play. I think the biggest problem with baseball is that today the action is the strikeout. Because yeah. it's either a strikeout or a home, home run, run because yep. strikeouts are now acceptable. You can strike out, a, you know, 150, 160 times like a judge as long as you hit 40 home runs. And, and it, obviously it, it makes a lot of sense because of the, n- the numbers he puts up and it brings fans to the ballpark to watch a guy like that play. However, waiting 35 seconds between each pitch for that to happen, that makes it difficult. Um, and I think more than anything for baseball, if they can speed up the game, it'd be good for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it's, it'll take away that much of the strategy, honestly. I just would like to see, you know, where more pitchers had kind of a Trevor Brower balls mm-hmm. back in my hand. Yep. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the rubber. I'm looking in. I'm ready to make my next pitch. Yep. You Let's know, go. and, uh, you know, if you're making pitches every 15 seconds, Every 15, 18 seconds, I think the game just goes tremendously much faster. I have no problem later in the game because of the you know, especially late in the season where mm-hmm. you need a little bit more strategy to take more time. Runners are on base, new pitcher comes in. I get that. However, in the same vein, in the third inning with nobody on, the guy's taking 35 seconds between pitches. That's that's just that's a, a killer for everybody. Yeah, it's uh. I do think baseball needs to speed up a little bit. Uh, a couple of years ago, we got under a three-hour mark. Uh, last year, we went back up again to, uh, I think, three hours, six minutes, seven minutes, I read. Um, baseball has been the only game without a clock. But 
we do need to speed it up. We do need to get more consistent action and not so long of, you know, breaks uh, that causes. Well, it's, you know, here's a perfect, you're a golfer. You enjoy yes. golf and that doesn't yes. have a clock. And you see there, they actually have, you know, a, uh, a time limit at times yes. you know, yes, on, do, on the yeah. golfer to approach a ball and to make and make a play. Now they, yeah, can, they, they can back off and, and take their time and, and reevaluate things, which is fine. A, a baseball player can get out of the box, reevaluate, get back in, but don't take 35 seconds no. to do it. Nope. You know, um, I cover high school basketball and high school basketball does not have a shot clock. Nope. And I've been a proponent of a shot clock in high school sports uh, basketball for the last 20 years. And the reason is I think teams go back into the three, two, you know, zone defense a little too much and I, nothing wrong with it, but either a, the offense will hold the ball waiting for you to come out or B, you know, they just, you know, well, they're happy to play a, a six point, uh, quarter. And that's yep. just not, that's not, not a action quarter. or fun, but if you had, you know, even a 35, 40 second shot clock, then it, it forces teams to make m- more decisions defensively and offensively. And I think that's a good thing for all sports uh, when you're when you have to make decisions a little bit faster and uh, and and try to uh, adapt. Uh, obviously, you know, the shot clock at 24 seconds in the NBA has been around forever. You know, it goes back into the 50s, I think. Uh, and so. It's it's it, shot clocks have been around, and I think more and more sports have it. Hell, the NFL has the, you know the snap, you know the uh, play clock, the play clock that's been around forever, and they've adjusted that you know at different times from thirty seconds to forty seconds to you know twenty five seconds. So they've they've always done it in, in college seconds and and high school is twenty five seconds, I believe it might be thirty, but it's in that range. Um, I would like to see high school basketball. And institute a, a shot clock, I and I think, I think if you put it around thirty to forty seconds, it would be perfect. And uh, you know, it's just, I think there's time for growth in all sports, and there's nothing wrong with change. If change is to make the sport more competitive or uh, more uh, more desirable to watch, and you know, all sports have it. I don't care. You know, that's just like tennis. Tennis, uh, you know, used to be a great sport to watch. Now, I can't tell you the last American star there was that was a male uh, tennis player. I mean, Andre Agassi. I mean, I, I have, have no to go idea. back that far. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's my point. That's and that's you know, and you know, these are the things. You know, these all those sports all don't have clocks. Um, baseball's not the only one. Mm-hmm. So. It's just a matter of how you uh, how you approach it and what you want to do and how you want to move move a sport forward. And uh, I think baseball needs to find a way to to speed up the game, keep players in the box, and have more action and hopefully more contact in play yes. contact. And I think that more than anything will speed up the game. Uh, you know, obviously more contact is 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 the key to baseball, in my opinion. Obviously, a pitch clock will help. However, more contact would be even more. You know, you go back into the 40s and 50s and the 60s, the games were quick. Why? Because players didn't strike out. I mean, strikeouts had a had a uh, a bad a bad taste in your mouth if you struck out. You know, you didn't want to be a guy who struck out 100 times. Nowadays, you're talking about players who can strike close up to 200 times a season. And it's no big deal. 
and that's the analytics and, and it shows everything else, how the game has changed. And, you know, even uh, yesterday hearing Jim Tomey talk about it, you know, his on-base percentage is what he cared about most, you know, and, you know, he goes, I struck out a lot. You know, obviously he did because he was a power hitter. He was a tr- traditional power hitter, but he also walked a lot. Yep. And uh, he walked a hundred times. Matter of fact, he's, I think, Babe Ruth, him and, um, and uh, I think, was it uh, one other player was, I believe, and I'm not sure, had, or one of the few I who had X. This morning, and I forget. I want to say over five years run where they had more than a hundred walks and mm-hmm. I had an on-base percentage at such a level. I mean, it's, it just tells you the importance of it, you know? So we'll just have to wait and see how it develops for baseball. But, you know, obviously I think in the end, uh, innovation is a good thing and trying new things is not a, it's not evil. I used to be a real traditionalist as years gone by. Mm-hmm. I've gotten over that and I'm now more than, you know, want to see new things. And if the XFL going back to that brings in new and innovative things to the game of football, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think in the end that the way that he wants to design it will appeal to the masses. I think he may find a, a small segment of society of, of football play, uh, fans He'll watch it, but I don't think he'll get the eyeballs that he needs to be successful. The days of the NFL and the AFL find that parity between the leagues or go back to the NBA where the NBA and the ABA was around. I don't think you're ever going to find that parity uh, again without actually going after players from that other league and escalating salaries and going for it. And you may have to. That might be the only way to compete. I don't care what league you're looking at, and I don't think anyone's going to make a baseball league anytime soon. I don't think anyone's going to make a basketball league anytime soon. And it always leaves back to football because football is once a week and you can plan. And if you put your plan into, in, into action properly, you may, you know, find that golden goose. We'll see if Vince McMahon second time around can learn from his mistakes and do it right. I just, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be, um, a big hit. I think it's going to be a flop, especially with, uh, you know, the 40 man team. You're going to need a lot more than that to, to play a football game. You need 22 people on offense and defense and you need subs. So, and then what about that's exactly and all it. That and, if you had, if you had one freeze position, that's 44 players. Yeah. And then you're talking about, you know, not allowing anybody with a criminal uh, background at all. And I, and I agree with that to an extent. What are you going to do? A guy who, who 15 years ago got a, a DUI and has been clean since and no, you can't play. I, I agree. You want to get a clean league, but I mean, that's, I mean, Johnny Manziel wants to play and by rule, he can't play because he has a record, you know, it's just, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's nuts. And look, I, I think that will evolve in, over time. I think that was just a publicity stunt trying to yeah. appeal to those who say they haven't watched an NFL game this year because of the issues with the flag and, and kneeling and all that. Uh, I'm not going to get into that political thing right here. I can do that on my other podcast and, uh, and, and do that. Speaking of which, there'll be a podcast coming your way. Matter of fact, I have a few people lined up already and, uh, it should be a lot of fun, and, and I'm looking forward to getting those uh, getting those back up and running. And uh, we're going to have a lot here 
as we uh, approach our one-year anniversary this spring. It's only January. We're about eight months into this, Anthony, yep. and over a thousand plays, and uh, we continue to grow. Once again, I'm going to appeal to you. If you uh, listen to this podcast, please go to iTunes, rate and review us, give us a, uh, a subscribe, and uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, it will help us outgrow Radio MVP. Uh, and uh, tell your family and friends and get them to download it. Go to our website, learn more about us at radiomvp.com. Anthony, last thoughts for the night? No, not really. Just uh, excited for the Senior Bowl for the first time in a long time. It, boy, it stinks having a top five draft pick. I'll take some advice from you on how to uh, uh, accept it as the years go on, I guess. <laughs> well, we'll see how the uh, the Broncos handle it. And we'll Speaking. see. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what, uh, you know, we'll get into the draft. We'll talk yep. about the different. Uh, positions and I look I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a, a draft expert I'm going to tell everybody what to do right now <laughs> if you're into the draft no I'm serious if you're into the draft you need to subscribe to a podcast from the NFL Network called Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah Daniel Jeremiah excuse me and Bucky Brooks and if you're really into the draft go to ESPN and get the one from Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and you're going to get a lot of information about a lot of players and a lot of positions. Uh, and you're going to learn about who these players are, why they have them ranked where they do. Now, does that mean it's the Bible? No. Learn about the players that are available and where uh, some NFL scouts have basically put them. And uh, I think you're going to learn more about this and you're going to learn more about the players. And, you know, that's what, that's what it's all about. About, uh, recognition and opportunity, and let's see what what transpires for both our our respective fan clubs. You know, in a sense of the Browns and the Broncos, and actually excited. I think John Dorsey's a guy I've been hoping for uh, would get the job and did get the job, and I like the people that he's brought in. He's brought in more NFL guys and and high tower, and of course uh, Wolf. So we'll see exactly what they choose to do. I still think you know. My my gut feeling, if the Browns are smart, that no matter who the quarterback they draft, he won't be playing this year because they're going to bring in a veteran. Who that veteran quarterback is, I don't know. But that, you know, it's the same advice I gave last year. It's the same advice I'm going to give this year. And, uh, you know, if it's Kirk Cousin, fantastic. If Case Keem, I could live with that. And uh, anybody else in the process, mm-hmm. they have true NFL experience. I'm I'm more than willing to bring them in as a Browns fan, to be the number one quarterback to start the year. And whoever you draft, if it's Allen, if it's Mayfield, if it's uh, Rosen, if it's Darnold, it doesn't matter to me. That person then will have the opportunity to grow and learn the offense and move into that position in year two or three uh, of their career, and which would be fine. I mean, that's not uncommon. That's the way it used to be done a long time. Uh, and it's 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 proven that the Browns keep going with rookie quarterbacks and keeps killing them. Mm-hmm. So it's time to try a different approach. That, that's my final thought here tonight. I want to years, thank Anthony. Go ahead, Anthony. 20 years ago, about this time, my Broncos won their first ever Super Bowl. So that's – There you go. That you makes know, today a great that, day. It was. There's no doubt about it. I actually, you know, one thing about – real quick about the Super Bowls in general is you end up rooting for teams that you don't really care about. You know, because yeah. everybody has a side or, or they just want to see a great game. And 
when the Broncos uh, made that run and, you know, with the Elway and that company and was able to get back to the Super Bowl and win those back-to-backs, I, there was a lot of people like myself who was never a fan of Elway or the <laughs> Broncos, you. but was excited to see them win. I was excited to see a new team win and someone to change his his, his history. You know, instead of talking about the three losses and the, the multiple interception games he had in the Super Bowl and, and the clunkers that uh, he had, they, they talk about his two championships. Yep. And it's the same thing with Manning. You know, when Manning, when, when Peyton Manning was able to win his last one, you know, that's his second one. He's a multi-Super uh, Bowl champion with two different teams. And, you know, that changes the whole outcome of what you talk about. And that's why Brady, no one talks about his two losses as much as they talk about his five wins. Mm-hmm. We'll be going on this week, you know, wherever, where, whatever happens. All right. Enough of that. We'll talk to you again next week as we'll try to get one in before the Super Bowl. We'll talk more about that on in the world of sports. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Tim Continenza or at the Real Radio MVP. Uh, please follow that too. I got a high school basketball game uh, tomorrow night in Blackhawk. You can listen to that on News Radio 1200 and uh, also on Trib Live uh, Sports Network. That is uh, Trib hssn.triblive.com. Uh, just click on the broadcast link, go through the calendar, hit the calendar to date, and it will drop down and show you the games that are available to listen to. You can listen to it live or you can archive it and play it later. So a great uh, site that TribLive has and uh, glad to be part of it again. This is my third uh, generation with them as I've watched them grow from uh, Nauticom to MSA and now into TribLive. Again, my name is Canfield. I'm Tim and Borman. My thanks to you for listening and downloading. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Till next week, guys. Thanks again. Good night. <laughs>